Welcome to Northern Gold, the football podcast from the Evening Express and Pressing Journal. I'm Ryan Crail. Today I'm joined by just Jamie Durant and Andy Skinner, not not just in terms of like their potential contribution, but just in terms of there's only two of them and usually we'd have three panellists. How are you guys? Oh, good, thanks Ryan. Yep, yep, good. I'm alright, thanks Ryan. Yourself? Yes, I am. I am all good. Uh, you guys are my experts today as we discuss, as promised, um, well, Broader Rangers playoff first leg result um, after midweek, as well as now that we know what's going to be happening, Elgin City and Cove Rangers route to promotion. They know their playoff semi-final and potentially their final opponents. They know one of the two teams they'll face. Andy, we'll start with Broder because they've played. Uh, a very disappointing night um, for all involved at Dudgeon Park, going down 2-0 to Lowland League champions, Kelty Hearts. Uh, what, what do you what do you put the result down to? I know Brora gave away three penalties. Were, were Kelty a better side or were Brora just poor? What, what What's your uh, diagnosis? I think Stephen Mackay said it himself. They just didn't turn up. That was his, his opening words when he came through for press after the game. Um, you know, he was obviously hoping that you know the the magnitude of the game and the uh the the stakes were going to you know inspire Brora to you know one of the good performances that we've seen from them in in the past on so many occasions but it just never really looked like happening and i mean that's notwithstanding a, a crazy opening 10 minute period when they conceded not just one but two penalties um Joe Mallon saved the first one which was a <clears throat> a bit of a an audacious attempt from Callum Higginbotham, which uh, made him look quite daft, actually, when it didn't come off. He tried to chip Joe Mallon, and fortunately, the, the Brora goalkeeper read it perfectly. So after that, you're kind of thinking, ah, oh, well, they've uh, survived that setback, only for them to, to concede another, which was Joe Mallon himself, who conceded on that occasion. And uh, he dusted himself down to, to save the next effort from Nathan Austin. So after weathering that early storm, Brora really needed to kick on um, heed that early warning sign, and you know, go on and, and and try and you know impart their kind of game plan on the on on the match. But you know, Kelty took a, a very good lead. Um, not too long afterwards, Dylan Easton uh, finding the top corner from the edge of the box just midway through the first half, and you know that just gave Kelty the the foothold from which never uh, Broda never really recovered from. Um, the, I mean. The match was pretty much settled when Kelty got their third penalty of the night and Higginbotham this time stuck it away. There were more chances after that for, for Kelty to extend their lead. But, um, you know, looking back on it now, 2-0 um, deficit actually doesn't seem too bad given, you know, just how well Kelty played. Um, I think they they looked a, a very streetwise side. Um a lot of experience in their team, which was just noticeable from looking at the, the team sheet from the, the start, you know, with the likes of Darren Jameson in goals and, you know, a friend of the show and Jamie Stevenson playing it right back, uh, Paddy Boyle in the, the back line too, the likes of Thomas Riley, Dylan Easton, Nathan Austin, Callan Higginbotham, you know, it was just laced with SPFL experience. And I think that that kind of showed in just the, the game management that Kelty brought. Brora, albeit don't have that experience but they they have shown on previous occasions that they're capable of bringing some some really dynamic and exciting performances 
uh, they just didn't do themselves justice on the night and they're, they're going to be desperately hoping that they can do that tomorrow down at uh, New Central Park in order to salvage this tie. That's You've led into what I was going to ask quite nicely there. Andy, the, the Brora... Um, the Brora players, and you've obviously spoken to Stephen Kai a couple of times the last few days. What's the sense you get from them? Is there a disappointment that they that you feel they won't get over, or is the the anger, I suppose, there and the fire to get promoted still still burning? I think it has to be because it is, you know, with a two goal deficit, it is still doable. Had Kelty scored a third, um, which, as I say, they had chances to do. Joe Mallon was outstanding on the night and. Uh, you know, aside from his two penalty saves, made as you said he would be. Yes, I <laughs> last line of defence uh, and all that. But uh, no, he, he he very much kept the score line down, and you know that two goals is is doable. If they can score an early goal um, down in Fife, then you know it's game on. Um, I think the fresh kind of disappointment uh, that's still there from Tuesday will probably you know help Rora to in a way just you know fashion a, a response they've got a quick chance now to to go and redeem themselves um which you know is the beauty of these playoff games you know if you can um you know stay in the game albeit you know try and claw back a, a deficit you know then you've still got another 90 minutes to go and put it right so i think obviously they'd much rather be in kelty's position where they're defending the, the two goal lead but uh, they do have the potential to make it a nervy afternoon for the the home side if they can, um, you know, string together a bit more of their own game plan and and, and really, um, as I say, do themselves justice because you know if, if they put in another performance like they did on Tuesday, they will be coming away from from these playoffs with a, a massive amount of regret that you know what they themselves haven't managed to do, uh, rather than you know what Kelty have inflicted on them. Okay. So in this whistle-stop tour of the playoff um, contenders that we have in our patch, we'll, we'll, we'll now move on to Elgin City. They they confirmed their place in the, the playoffs in emphatic fashion in midweek, didn't they? Um, 3-2 win over champions Queen's Park to get in. They take on Edinburgh City now in their semi-final. Uh, what, what, what are we expecting from this one? I know that um, it's going to be a, it's going to be pretty challenging and Elgin have very recently been defeated on league business by Edinburgh City. So, what do we think the what do we think the the confidence will be like for the Borough Briggs outfit? I think, by and large, the confidence will still remain high, just given the nature of you know the run that they've been on to get into this position. Um, you know, they've they've won three out of their last four, with that Edinburgh City game being the the only blemish on that sequence. So, I think they they will have to learn a lot from that game they don't have a particularly good record against Edinburgh City which um, you know from having spoken to Gavin Price you know he he feels that makes um, Edinburgh favourites for for the tie but I think you know for Elgin to sign off um, you know from their 22 game season um, with a you know such a good performance and result against you know by far and away the, the leading side in the division in Queen's Park on Tuesday um, that's got to give them a huge amount of confidence, just as a as a benchmark for what they're going to need coming into this. Well, initially two games and hopefully four, if they can you know get past Edinburgh City over the two legs. I think the fact that Kane Hester got the hat trick on Tuesday, um, that's exactly what Gavin Price will have been wanting. You know, for for him to be um, hitting form just at this crucial time. 
and it's it's been a relentless run of games. I mean, they've uh, they've obviously had no no Thursday fixture this week, so it's it's been a nice long four day break for them. But um, no, it's what everyone at the at the club wanted. Uh, they've been, you know, speaking about their hopes of of being in this promotion contention for a a long time now, and you know they've got the chance now to to go and try and push for that long-awaited uh, elevation to League One. I think the performance on on Tuesday night will go will go some way to kind of li- raising their confidence ahead of a game like this. Um, I, I don't know how many people would have expected them to go and beat kind of Queens Park like that on the final day of the season, but obviously Elgin still had something to play for at that stage, whereas Queens were already assured of the title. Um, but a result like that at any stage of the season is going to galvanise folk. It's going to give a kind of a real a real boost. And there's no better time really than, than just now to do it. The playoffs, it's probably a chance to reset for for all four teams. And in some respects, the kind of the team coming down from the champ from like the league above is almost the team that's disadvantaged by this because they're not used to winning. They're in they're in that position for a reason. Whereas you're looking at Edinburgh City, Elgin and and Stranra, the teams that are used to kind of being consistent and picking up results. So they'd probably fancy their chances of trying to get to get promoted. I think the pressure in these games is all on Dumbarton to come out and on top from the from the four games. Um, as Andy said, it's Elgin have have long fought for a chance to to try and get promoted. I think it's, they've been in the the well the old third division or League Two since they came into the league more than twenty years ago. So they're, they're certainly long overdue a chance at getting at getting up, and I think. Getting a first a kind of a first leg lead against Edinburgh is going to be is going to be crucial, and you wouldn't bet against them doing it on the back of what they showed on Tuesday night. If you were betting men, what who who do you expect um, Elgin should they get through their semi final to have to take on in the final of the of the three teams? Um, obviously, Dumbarton give the Dons a game um, earlier in the season in the cup. Um, it just I, I don't know just do you have do you have any predictions for me if i was elgin i would probably be fancying stranraer to be fair cuz uh well i mean they've they've beaten stranraer um every time they've they've played them this season i think um they've got a, an excellent record against the the blues even though the the two sides finished on on level points uh, as it as it happened um you know bro, uh, elgin have managed to to come out on top on on all three occasions, so they seem to have the, the you know the measure of of Stranraer. But uh, as Jamie says, the you know the prospect of facing a a Dumbarton side that <clears throat> probably is kind of low in confidence, having been through a tough season, and clearly their their fate and finishing second bottom was only decided you know on the, the final day. Um, so it's psychologically maybe quite a a good time to to play Dumbarton, but. You could probably argue that, you know, given the consistency Edinburgh City have shown, that their hardest challenge actually awaits them in the semi-final, regardless of who they play. Um, and particularly, as I mentioned earlier, given you know their record against Edinburgh not being so great. Um, so I, I don't think Gavin Price will be looking too far ahead. But you'll know that, you know, if they can get past this hurdle, then they've got a fantastic chance of fulfilling that uh, long-held ambition. But what they what they just really need to do is. As, as I touched on with Brora, just do themselves justice in, in this tie because the last time they were in the playoffs they 
they'd had a really, really good season. I think they finished second. Um, but then they, they were defeated 5-1 on aggregate by Clyde. That was five years ago today, I believe. Um, so again, that that's a, a case in point of you know ending the season with lingering regret at uh, falling short just after you've you know clinched that that initial target of you know reaching the playoffs and you know they certainly don't want a, a repeat of that wasn't it always thus by the way that the semi-final and the playoffs seems to be a bit more uh, daunting than the final um, anyway we'll move on we'll go one division up Cove Rangers we knew they were going to be in the playoffs but we didn't know where they were going to finish um, as a result of the midweek results we now know they're going to take on Airdrieonians starting tomorrow at the Balmoral Stadium in their playoff semi-final. Uh, it's obviously a pretty tough task. Again, it's just like Elgin, the team they're taking on in their semi-final is a team that beat them um, just what, a week ago, Jamie. Is that right? Yeah, it was last weekend. So, uh, an Airdrieonian is clearly on good form. They beat Falkirk to condemn Falkirk to possibly the worst collapse in Scottish football history um, in midweek. But, like, how, how do you see this one going? Have have full time Airdrie or hybrid Airdrie um, found found a bit of form at the wrong time for Cove, or do we still have confidence that Cove should they build up a, a big lead in the home leg can can get over the line? I think Airdrie is certainly the form team of the of the four sides going into the playoffs. They've won seven of the last nine games, and they kind of looked out of it maybe kind of a month or so ago when they were kind of looking towards mid table. But it's a huge credit to them that they've strung the results together to get themselves involved in the playoff picture as well. And they needed a result last weekend to still be within the chance of finishing second. They did that at the Balmoral Stadium and then they picked up a couple of late goals against Falkirk on Tuesday night to to seal second spot. I don't think it's necessarily I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for for Cove that they've picked up form. The results between the th- the two teams have been split across the three games this season. There's been a win each and uh, a draw earlier in the season. And last week's game came at the end of a, a punishing kind of four game, four games in a week for Cove when they themselves admitted they were maybe a bit flat and low on energy. And I think even some of the Adrianians players have admitted that Cove were probably a bit flat after the run of games they'd been on. In some respects, Cove probably look back now, they probably will benefit from having the kind of the seven days between the two games where They've had chance to get boys recovered. They've had chance to do a little bit of training and tweak one or two things ahead of going into the playoffs. Whereas obviously these other guys who are playing on on Tuesday night to to sort out the final placings. Um, I don't I, I don't expect to be too, to be too much between the two teams as the league positions indicate. There's only kind of two points between them um, in the final league standings. I think it'll be I think it'll be a very interesting game. I don't think there'll be I don't think it'll be over after the first leg. And kind of something that Paul Hartley's mentioned earlier this week, and it's something that we've seen probably across across football in Europe over the last year, that home and home advantage doesn't really kind of matter for too much at the minute where there's no supporters in. Although say cover at home first, I think they just want to be still in the tie. They need to still be in the tie, kind of come the second leg on Tuesday night. If they can take a, a one or two goal advantage down to Airdrie on Tuesday, then then even better. Is it another case of the semi final being more daunting than the final for Cove? In in my opinion, I think the promotion winner will come from this tie. 
I think that Cove and Edry are probably the two stronger teams. They've obviously both done well against full-time opposition this season. Cove have beaten Edry, Partick and Falkirk this season in, in League One. So I don't think a Morton team struggling for form should should worry them if that's who they end up playing, if that's who they get through to play. Same for for Adrian. I don't think that Morton would worry them if they came if it came to that. Cove, while Montrose looked to be the kind of their bogey team for a little bit, they'd obviously kind of beaten them twice. Um Cove went down to Lynx Park and beat them 2-0 to secure their playoff spot in a very kind of accomplished performance. Um, and while Montrose did well to, to get into the playoffs on the last match day of the season. I still think Cove would would fancy the chances over two legs against Stuart Petrie's side if the if it was to be them. So I don't think I don't think if either side would get through they would fear or kind of have too much worry about who they would come up against. Um I think it'd be very much a case of look, we know what we need to do to to get through over these two games. When you looked at, you know, how League One was going to be made up at the start of the season, you you know, it was difficult to you know, look beyond the the two kind of recently relegated clubs from the championship in Partick Thistle and Falkirk, and you you kind of thought that you know one of them would go up as title winners, and the other would would be probably a stick on for the the playoffs. But you know, in the absence of Falkirk being there, there clearly is a a bit of a pathway there for Cove now. Um, and you know, although there are difficult games coming up, um, and you know these two against Airdrie, um who have clinched second place on merit uh, are, are no exception. You know, they, they will be looking at this as a, a real opportunity to, um, you know, get that back-to-back, or well, three times uh, successive promotions. Um, and I don't think they've got anything to, to fear, really. Um, it's it's a, a great stage for them to, to go and, you know, show that they, that they belong at a higher level and, uh, there will be a, a massive amount of excitement and sort of inspiration in, in the camp just now, I would think, uh, and, and a you know, wonderful opportunity for them to, to go another step higher. I think there's a strong case for saying that, uh, that League One's been the most in, interesting and entertaining league in Scotland this season. If you look at the other leagues, you've all you've had runaway winners in, in all three with Queen's Park, Hearts and Rangers. And then this one's kind of been up for grabs right until... Right until the end of the season, really, and I think with kind of several teams vying for that top spot, and I think even now going into the playoffs, you can't nail on who's going to come through and and get promoted, or if it's Morton, kind of keep the place in the championship. Um, but like Andy says, it's a great opportunity for Cove. It's one that they um, maybe weren't expecting, but kind of internally they know they're good enough to do it. They know they've got the players capable of of going up. This season, um, they've beaten, say, so they've beaten Montrose and, and Airdrie this season, and they knocked, they knocked Alloa, a championship team, out of the Scottish Cup, and they've beaten full-time opponents in Falkirk and Partick Thistle. So Morton shouldn't kind of pose any any kind of fears to them. So it's it's a great opportunity for them, and I'm, as I'm sure we've all kind of seen the the dates of the final in, oh, sorry, the dates of the finals for both. League One and League Two have been have been moved kind of back a few days to allow supporters to attend both legs. Um, it's a kind of a maximum of five hundred seated or two hundred and fifty standing um, for both legs, which again 
would be it'd be massive for both clubs. So for all clubs that would that would get there, who've where we've been deprived of supporters all season. Um, I mean, what better what better game to get into than than being able to watch your side get promoted? You imagine for both Elgin and um, and Cove, it's probably probably the bulk, if not all, of their season ticket holders that capacity. That be right? Probably be around about that but I think for one-off games like this you would always be hopeful of you know getting past the thousand mark to be honest um, I know Gavin Price spoke Kill earlier joy. <laughs> Gavin Price certainly spoke earlier in the week of how you know he he would have been confident of having four figures at uh, Borough Briggs for for some of these end of season games um, and you know Cove as well when they've been pushing for promotions in previous seasons have, have attracted great crowds down at the Balmoral Stadium too so you know, it's a shame that they can't cling on to that kind of enthusiasm that, that you know obviously comes out for some of these bigger games. But uh, you know, if even if they are able to get you know the five hundred in, then that at that level it will still make a a pretty tangible difference to to the atmosphere and and the occasion for uh, for the big push from both clubs. If they get th- if the both teams get through, it then obviously depends who they're kind of facing is to. As to what leg will be home or away, if Cove get through and play Montrose, then the decisive leg, the second leg, will be at will be at home for them. It's the same for Elgin, I believe, as well. If Elgin get through and Stranra get through, then Elgin would go to Stranra first, and then the decisive leg would be at Borough Briggs um, at the end of the week. So I think that's what the game that that's the way around. Maybe both teams would prefer it, but I think getting any supporters through the turnstiles at this stage for the games of this, the games of this magnitude will be uh, greatly appreciated by both clubs. So you're telling me, Jamie, that the team that's been terrible all season, if they're in the final, that they get they get to play the second leg at home. Well, yes, it's the kind of the the lowest ranked team going through to the final would be at home first. So if if Cove were to get through, or if Cove or Edrionians were to get through, and Morton were to get through, then Morton would be at home second. Um, and the League One team would be at home first. It'd be the same in it'd be the same in League kind of League One, League Two as well. If Dumbarton were to get through, then they would be at home in the second leg of the playoff, and then the League Two side would be at home first. It's the same for the the Pyramid playoff. Brecon City um, are already confirmed as being at home in the the second leg. So um, you know if Brora can pull off the the big fight back. Tomorrow, then they'll know that the the second leg of the the final would await them at Glebe Park uh, on Sunday the twenty third. I think it is. So there you go. Then Scottish football in protecting the status quo. Shocker. Um, okay, I think that will just about do us for this playoff update. Thank you to Jamie and Andy for joining me. Thanks. No problem. Thank you very much, Ryan. If you've enjoyed this episode. You can like and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. You can email us at northerngoal at dctmedia.co.uk. And finally, we'll have another episode on Tuesday. But before then, let's hope that Brora, Cove and Elgin can get the results they're looking for this weekend. Cheers. Hope you loved the episode. And if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North.